understand. All right. All right I want to start. I want to start. Um, I want to start tonight. I want to start the lesson off with a quote by uh, Thomas Jefferson. I think it's going to be very important. Thomas Jefferson once said, the God who gave us life gave us liberty at the same time. The God who gave us life gave us liberty at the same time. That's a very powerful, powerful statement. The God who gave us life gave us liberty at the same time. With that being said, let's go to our scripture reference. Second Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verses three through five. Now, throughout this series, this is going to be the main verse. So just mark it, amen. Write it on your desk, on the kitchen table, wherever you are. This is going to be the main verse. Every week, this will be the main verse. Second Corinthians 10, three through five. Look, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. I want you to highlight that in your Bible, underline that in your Bible. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, casting down imaginations. Uh, tonight, we're going to start uh, this series off, and this is what we're going to deal with tonight. You might want to write this down. In the time frame that we have, hopefully I can get to all of this. We'll do my very best. We're going to deal with tonight the seeing gift, the seeing gift. And then within that, we're going to talk about envisioning great things. We're going to talk about warfare within. And then we're going to conclude tonight with exalted valleys. All of that is it. All of that is in the text that we read. You're gonna see it. All right. The seeing gift, envision, envisioning great things, warfare within, exalted valleys. So let's be, let's begin this great series. Let's begin. Let's let's begin. Let's begin with the the seeing gift. The seeing gift. The seeing gift. I'm going to start off by saying imagination is a seen gift from God. With it, you can envision great things, dream great things, and achieve great things. All outstanding achievement in life is birthed within the imagination of man. All right. Once again, imagination 
is a seeing gift from God. Let me ask you a question. Can you see yourself? <laughs> Sword in hand, winning the war that rages against your mind. To truly see yourself as victorious, overcomer, you are, and I trust and pray that all of us know that we are victorious and we all are overcomers, okay? You must first need to discover how God created you. That's very important. We have to understand how God has created us. And guess what? He's, he's created all of us a champion. I want somebody to declare right where you sit and say, I am a champion. I am a champion. Okay? He, God created you a, a champion who is fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't let nobody try to tell you no difference. You, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at, look at Psalms 139 and 14. Write that scripture down. In the God's Word translation, it says, I will give thanks to you because I have been so amazingly and miraculously made. And then he says, your works are miraculous, and my soul is fully aware of this, and my soul is fully aware of this. Another translation says, it says, I am uniquely made. In other words, there's nobody else on the face of this earth like you. Nobody on the face of this earth like me. We have been uniquely, miraculously, amazingly made. Okay? And so with that being said, we have to understand then that God created you spirit, soul, and body. This is very important. This is very important. All right, you are spirit, soul, and body. So just like God, just like God, you are a triune being. In other words, three, triune, uno, dos, des. Pretty good Spanish, huh? You are a triune being. Now, I want y'all to catch this, and I'm going to talk slow on this part because I think this is very important for us to really understand how, how everything coincides with each other, okay? How we are uniquely made, how we are spirit, soul, and body. Now, with your spirit, you connect to the unseen spirit world, which is spirit. Remember, it was Paul that says that which is flesh is flesh, that which is spirit is spirit. I need you to understand. Your, your spirit connects to the unseen spirit world. Now, with your soul, with your soul, you connect with 
the magnificent world of imagination. Okay? So you don't imagine things with your spirit. I want y'all to catch this. Okay? It's with your soul. The imagination is a part of your soul. All right? And so sometimes the realm of imagination, though, it can be daring. It can be very daring. Why is that? Because when you were born again, your spirit became a new creature in Christ. All right? It's your spirit that became a new creature. Your body and soul, however, remained unchanged. I want y'all to catch this. And because they remain unchanged, they need some serious help. <laughs> All right? And so doubtless you understand exercise and a well-balanced diet are necessary for good physical health. But what about the health of your soul? It was, it was, it was Apostle John. I, I believe the Apostle John. All right. The Apostle John said in, in the book of 3 John, write it down, 1 and 2. 3 John 1 and 2, look what he says. He says, Beloved, I pray above all things that you might prosper and be in good health. And watch this. Even as your soul prospers. Even as your soul prospers. He, in other words, he wants us to experience soul prosperity. Now, don't forget, it was your spirit that got, uh, that was born again, not your body, okay, not your soul. That's the reason why the Bible says the soul that sinneth shall what? Surely die. That means, guess what? That means that, our, that means the soul is capable of, of sinning. I, I need y'all to get this. I need you to get it tonight. And so, and, and so watch this. We all know a person can be born again, physically fit, and yet still suffer tremendous warfare within their mind. That's what I'm going to deal with for a minute. Warfare in the mind. All right. Struggling with that warfare is not prospering. Now don't miss it. John says, may you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. And so struggling with, with warfare is not prospering. So, so, so how can we overcome? How can we win this daily war in our minds and spend our energy using our imagination the way God originally intended. Well, throughout this teaching, throughout this series, we, 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 we're going to learn some proven battle tactics to help us overcome that warfare. Okay? So, 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 let's start with the soul. I, I, I have to start with the soul. Okay? And 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 in starting with the soul, it's very important that 
you envision great things. And so we got to deal with in, envisioning great things. Hallelujah. I hope tonight that by the time we get through, boy, that we all have a different attitude. Envisioning great things. Now, some of you may know this already and some of you may not. And so it, 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 it bears to repeat. Your soul hosts your mind, will, emotion, imagination, reasoning, and intellect. It's very important. I'm going to give you a chance to write all that down. I really am. Your soul hosts your mind, will, emotion, imagination, reasoning, and intellect. The warfare that attacks your mind operates within your soul. Particularly, watch this, your thought life and within your imagination. So, 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 so what is what is an imagination? Somebody might ask. You know, well, Pastor, what is an imagination? Well, let's 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 get a clear definition of what an imagination is, so that way we can understand the rest of this series. An imagination, an imagination is a mental picture seen within the spirit of your mind. I'm gonna say it again. It is a mental picture seen within the spirit of your mind. It's, it's a picture of something created in the mind of man or said another way, in the spirit of man's mind. It's a picture. It's a picture. Everybody say, it's a picture. Now, 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 here's the thing about imagination. It is an image of something you see and suppose might happen, might happen. That, that, that's, very, that's very important. It's something, that, something that you see in your mind that might happen. All right? It is seeing yourself in a place you are not. That's imagination. It is, it is a real place called the spirit of your mind, the world of the unseen within. Have you ever talked to somebody and, and, and when you got through talking to them, you, you just kind of said to yourself, oh, I sure wish I knew what was happening in that person's mind. <laughs> If you didn't say it, I know you thought it. Because watch this. It's a real place called the spirit of your mind, the, the world of the unseen within. And so when God created us, he gave us the ability to see all things as possible within your imagination. Don't miss it, you all. Please don't miss it. And, and so, therefore, 
Imagination is your seeing gift from God. Okay, now, 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 now please understand, I know sometimes the devil will come in and try to attack that, but we ain't going to deal with that right now. I want you all to understand that your imagination is a gift from God. All right, and because of that, with it, we can envision great things, dream great things, and achieve great things. That's the reason why we say, I can do all things through Christ. You know why? Because he has given us the ability to do it. When he created us. And what's this. We do it through Christ, but the all things is the things that we imagine. I, I, I don't want you guys to miss this. Wait a minute, I hear another scripture. I hear another scripture. I hear it. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, watch that scripture, more than you can act or what? Think. That's imagination. <laughs> All right? So your imagination is a God-given thing. And so all outstanding achievement in life is birthed within the imagination of man. So I have a question that you don't have to answer. Answer within yourself. What is in your mind, your imagination, your God-given imagination that you have not birthed? I hope y'all are following me tonight. What's in there that you have not birthed? Now, Satan understands how God created you, and watch this. And he uses your imagination and ignorance. That just means you don't know. He uses your imagination and ignorance of God's word against you. Sometimes that that we love so much, that that we try to live by, the devil takes that and he tries to use it against us. Oh, I'm going to feel like teaching in a minute. And so that's the reason why 2 Timothy 2.15, write it down. That's the reason why 2 Timothy 2.15 says to us, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See, the devil already knows that if you read God's word, and, and, and then you start understanding God's word, and then you start believing what you understand, the devil knows he can't do nothing with you. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. But now watch this. Before you can benefit from positive imaginations, positive imaginations, you need to win the war against vain imaginations. There's a difference between vain 
imagination and positive imaginations. Vain imaginations are those corrupt negative images and possibilities that form within the spirit of your mind when you linger on negative thoughts. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I just went down somebody's street and I almost knocked your door down. I'm going to say it again. Vain imaginations are those corrupt negative images and possibilities that form within the spirit of your mind when you linger on negative thoughts. Negative thoughts. Vain imaginations defeat many believers and take them out of successful Christian living. Our imaginations, like military forts in the old uh, American West, they need to be fortified with gospel truth. Fortified with gospel truth. That is why Paul taught believers to, 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 to do what? Renew their minds with the word of God. Renew your mind with the word of God. Did you all know that the devil is a strategist? <laughs> My mother said the devil ain't nothing but a bum. I agree with her, but he's also a strategist. And here's what he does. I need y'all to hear me tonight. He uses imaginations to gain access into your life. To kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he does. The Apostle Paul passed on a tremendous Certainty that, uh, you know, you can use for victory. And of course, throughout this series, we, we will use it as fundamental truth to help us win every battle that attacks our mind. That's what the devil's after. All right. What is that? What is that foundational truth? It's the text, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Okay. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. All right, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the mighty putting down of strongholds. Okay, that's, that's, that's the scripture base. And so the Apostle Paul knew all too well that one of humanity's greatest struggles is the spiritual warfare in the mind caused by corrupt thoughts and imaginations. All right, but from this verse in 2 Corinthians, we learn how to overcome every vain imagination and every thought that tries to take us out of the generous life that Christ offers us. Okay? I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm going to tell you what it is because all men have eyes. You know, all men have eyes, but few can really see. And, it, and, and, and it's amazing how much is written in the Bible about imagination. Write down Exodus, the 20th chapter, verse number four. Exodus 20. Because what basically is saying is that the realm of imagination is the realm of images. It is the place of seeing and, and visualizing. And that's the reason why Exodus 20 and four says, 
thou shalt not have no graven images. In other words, imaginations before me. That's what God was talking about. Okay? No graven images, imaginations. See, some of y'all, uh-oh, uh-oh. Some of y'all thought that you had to go out and build something and put it in your backyard. And then now that becomes an image. See, some of y'all, some of you all thought, well, uh, anytime I hear scripture talk about graven images, that don't include me because uh, 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 I don't rub Buddha's head and so I'm okay. Well, I come to help us here tonight. Somebody say, help us, pastor. You may not rub Buddha's head. You may not have built nothing that you bow down to, but thou shalt not have no graven images, imaginations before me. In other words, you can have an image in your mind that you put before God. We got to be very careful, saints. All right, so our Lord never wanted his sons and daughters to worship him through graven images, but with their heart and through their, watch this, imagination. Now understand, imaginations are not wrong. Not all of them. <laughs> okay? And so with your imagination, and only with your imagination, can you image the greatness of God. God is so magnificent. God is so powerful. There's no other way for us to get a concept of God except through our imaginations. <laughs> you have to imagine how big God is. Come on, somebody. When the Bible says that heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool, you have to use your imagination. <laughs> What is imagination? It's a picture. Come on, y'all. Are y'all following me? <clears throat> so that's how you get a picture. In, in our little finite minds, frail minds, we take a picture of God because of what scripture says. And then we have to use our imaginations to even come up with an image that even come close to the greatness of God. So there's nothing wrong with imaginations. But then here lies the problem. Ah, thank you, Jesus. The warfare within. That's what the problem is. <clears throat> Consider the warfare within. Consider it. Consider the warfare within and consider the spirit of your mind, the world of the unseen within. Now, the spirit of your mind has nothing to do with your born again spirit. Oh, somebody needed to hear that. I'm going to say it again. The spirit of your mind has nothing to do with your born again spirit. That's why Paul constantly tell them, be ye what? Transformed. Transformation. Transform. Come from the word transformation. Transformation is a slow process. It's taking some of y'all longer than others to transform. 
All right, he said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's a daily process. Once he saves you, he saves you. God don't save you every day. Uh-oh. Hello, here's somebody. I said, God don't save you every day. Okay, but your mind can be renewed every day. And so therefore, the spirit of your mind is within, watch this, it's within your soul. The spirit of your mind is within your soul. So when you sing the song, it is well within my soul, basically what you're saying is, it's well with every area uh-oh, oh God, of your life. Basically, you, basically you're saying that your emotions are well. Ah, come on, somebody. Don't get mad at me. Okay, let me move on. So, 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 an imagination forms a mental picture of things unseen or things only seen within. I can't see what you are imagining. As you look at me right now, ain't no telling what some of y'all are imagining. Somebody might be saying he need to cut all that gray off his face. Ain't no telling what you're thinking. <laughs> you know why? Because it's within okay and so therefore something that exists only watch this don't miss this it's gonna get good something that exists only within the imagination is a virtual world that is not real until acted on so everything in your mind is not real it's virtual it don't become real until you act on it. Okay? You can imagine, all right, all right, a trip to Hawaii. That's in your head. It ain't real. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't become real until you go buy a ticket, until you set up a hotel, until you actually get to Hawaii. Then it becomes real. As long as it's in your mind, it's just, it's just an imagination. Some of, oh God, some of us been living in the virtual world before the pandemic. <laughs> we should have been accustomed to all of this. Talking about this was new to me. It wasn't new to you. You just didn't know your imagination was a part of the virtual world. We should have been experienced. <laughs> Come on. And so once again, the scripture says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. And so what is it? The warfare theme is consistent throughout the Bible. All of us are in a spiritual war for dominion. Uh-oh. I, I bet y'all didn't know that. All of us, every last one of us. Okay. We are in a spiritual war for dominion. Dominion in our lives, and yes, dominion within our minds. Some of us are having trouble taking control of ourselves. <laughs> You're trying to control everybody else, and you are the control. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at the word. I'm just, I'm just a teacher. I'm just a teacher. 
I'm just a mailman. I'm just God's Western Union boy. And you're trying to control everybody else's life and your life is out of control. Okay? We want dominion in our lives. Dominion within our minds. So as I said before, when you were saved, your spirit man was born again. You became a new creature in Christ. St. Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ. All right? Watch this. However, your mind didn't change. Your mind didn't change when you accepted Christ. Uh-oh. Come on. I need y'all to chew on that. Your mind didn't change. Now, your thought pattern was when I went to the altar and I accepted Jesus, now I'm going to do right. See? And some of that was imagination because some, some, some didn't do right even after they left the altar. <laughs> okay? So, so, so your mind didn't change. Your mind was not born again. And that's why it needs continual renewal. All right, all right, let me see if I can help you then before y'all kick me out of the church. After salvation, after you got saved, you still had, for example, some carnal thinking. You still had bad information and troubling life experiences and memories that affected your judgment. <laughs> Come on. Think about it. That was after you were saved. I preached about Job's wife, her one statement that she made in the moment. How many of y'all know we all have moments? I don't even want to go there. Oh my God, I don't want to. I'm, I'm going I'm to skip over that. We have moments that we regret, but within those moments, at that particular time, we say some things, we do some things that perhaps we may regret. But I tell you guys all the time, don't let that moment define your entire life. Ask God to forgive you and walk away from it. And you'll be surprised what we'll do in the moment. I was thinking about that last night, about one o'clock in the morning, when I was thinking about this lesson and walking in the den, teaching myself. Teresa always asks me, are you talking to yourself? I said, no, I'm teaching myself. Huh. I'm not talking to myself. I'm teaching myself. I thought about, y'all remember Mother Taylor. It used to be our church mother. Oh, God, I love her. My God, I love her, I love her, I love her. Miss her so much. But I never will forget when I got the phone call to go out to the hospital. And I'm going to make this story quick. I got the phone call to go out to the hospital. I think she had an aneurysm, something like that, a stroke combined. And so I was at the hospital with the entire family. And the doctor had already come in there. And the doctor had said that she wasn't going to make it. So basically, we're all standing around her bed looking at her. And, you know, I'm the pastor now. She said, that's why you all got to understand the responsibility that, that you got put on the pastor. You have to understand that the pastor has emotions and, 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 and feelings also. So I'm standing there. I'm standing there, and the family's crying. I'm trying to hold it in because, remember, I'm the pastor. I'm the one they're leaning on. And so I, my cousin looked at me, and I looked at her, and I said to her real quick, Sister Carla, I said, don't ask me to pray. Think about it. The pastor is telling a family member her mother's dying, but the pastor is saying, don't ask me to pray. That was a moment. That was a moment. And it wasn't because I didn't know how to pray. It wasn't because I didn't feel that God wasn't going to hear me when I prayed. 
It was that I didn't want to break down in front of the whole family. So I knew as soon as I said, now, Lord, our God, I was just going to lose it. So the best way for me to keep myself together was just to be quiet and hold it in. Wait till I got in the car. But then when I got in the car, I had to call and apologize and explain what had happened. But at that moment, what is a pastor telling a family member, don't ask me to pray? It was a moment. <laughs> so all of us have moments. And can I help you guys? Don't be hard on people when they have moments. That's not even a lesson, but the Holy Ghost told me to say it. So y'all have got some sanctified on your way to heaven until you don't have no more moments. Your moment going to be the final moment. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me here. But some of us still have moments. Okay? And the reason we have moments is because, once again, he saved our spirits. This is flesh. Everybody hit themselves. This is flesh. All right? And so all of us have troubling experiences, memories that affect our, our judgment. And so even so, God has given you mighty weapons to stop every damaging thought and corrupt imagination. And with these weapons, you have authority and power to cast down every imagination and high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God in your life. He has given you the ability to bring into captivity every vain thought and imagination every time they attack our minds. God has given us the ability to bring into captivity, to imprison. Now, guess what? You have to want it put. You have to want to put it in prison. <laughs> come on, come on, y'all. Let's be honest. Sometimes we don't want it to be taken captive. Y'all ain't talking back here to me. Sometimes you say, "Oh, take me captive, captive." Here I am. Take me. <laughs> but what I want us to understand is that God has given us the ability to bring every thought, corrupt thought and imagination into captivity. All right? Now, now, now I'm going to give you guys I'm going to give you guys some fighting. I'm going to give you guys a fighting instrument. All right? Because here it is. Here it is right here. <clears throat> here it is. One of the greatest fighting instruments is the capacity to judge all thoughts and imaginations by the written word of God. Uh-oh, there it is right there. Right there. The greatest fighting instrument is the capacity to judge all thoughts and imaginations by the written word of God. In other words, when you when a thought comes to your mind, when you imagine something, put it in the word of God and see if, 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 if it matches what's in the word of God. If it don't match what's in the word of God, guess what? You have to bring that thing into captivity. Yes, somebody say hallelujah. Now, God, because you are a believer, God is giving you the power and the authority to do that. Did you not know that unbelievers do not have this ability? Unbelievers don't have this uh, uh, ability because their carnal minds are hostile toward God. So they don't have that ability. God has given us ability. God has given us something to defeat. Come on. If you had a 45 gun and you was walking down a dark alley and five people got ready to attack you, what you going to do? Don't answer. You have the power. You have the authority to get all five of them off of you. Come on here, somebody. 
I know I feel somebody's spirit. Somebody say, I'm going to just rebuke the devil because the Holy Ghost is going to take care of me. All right. Don't say what you're going to do until you're in the alley and five people's chasing you. <laughs> but God has given us the instrument, the capacity to judge all thoughts. I mean, he has. Judge those thoughts. You take control over those thoughts and those imaginations. Well, my imagination just taking over my life. My imagination is just running wild, just running me crazy. Are you a believer? God's given us power to judge those dreams and imaginations against the word of God and then to rebuke them. And so using the written law of God, the word of God as your guide for truth is the first sign of spiritual maturity. Uh-oh, you want to know how mature you are spiritually? It ain't how much you speak in tongues. It ain't how loud you are. It ain't how much you dance. It ain't how much you shout. Okay? This is the first sign of spiritual maturity. Using the written word of God as your guide for truth. And as you learn to judge your thoughts, okay, as we learn to judge our thoughts, we will discover that, uh-oh, fear, insecurity, and confusion will leave our lives. Hey, I'm going to say it again. When you learn how to judge your thoughts, judge your thoughts, you're going to discover that fear, insecurity, confusion, it will leave your life. Don't be quoting a bunch of scriptures. God is not giving me the spirit of fear, but of power and of sound mind and this, that, and the other. Yeah, that's true. But some of y'all been quoting it and you're still living a life of fear. Hello? You've been quoting these scriptures all these years, but you're still messed up. Don't get mad at me. I'm just God's Western Union boy trying to help us all. Show some spiritual maturity. Because when we're able to judge our thoughts against the word of God, fear got to go. Insecurity must go. Confusion has to go. Come on, tell your mind, I'm not going to let something that don't even exist drive me crazy. <laughs> hey, thank you. Watch this, some have more problems with debased, in other words, corrupt, perverted thoughts and imaginations than others. But there is victory for all of us. Okay, we must learn how to bind up ungodly thoughts and imaginations. Remember, your imaginations are virtual. They're not real until you act upon them. Come on. So I'm going to come down your street now. Some of y'all done imagine shooting somebody. You didn't act on it. Look at you. Hey, y'all don't, don't clap and smile too much. I'm going to know who you are. Come on. I almost shot that booker. That was in your imagination. You could see him bend over and roll down the street. It made you happy in your mind. That was a virtual shooting. Come on. Y'all ain't listening here to me. <laughs> ah. All right. All right. Learn how to bind up those ungodly thoughts. And one tactic, watch this, that helps everyone is stop uh-oh, I, I, I need y'all to get this. Ooh, I need you to get it. Stop, stop, stop. 
stop considering imaginations as facts. Imaginations are not facts. Come on, somebody. Let me put this here on the screen so you understand that. Imaginations are only imaginations. They dwell in the unseen spirit of your mind. They're not real. Same thing with your thoughts, with your thought pattern. Thoughts are only thoughts. They're thoughts. Here's the good news I want you to know. Neither one of them have power unless you give life to them by dwelling on them and speaking about them. That's how you give life. When you dwell on it, when you keep talking about it, you give life to that thing. I know I'm teaching good here tonight. I don't care what nobody say. Come on, you know the scripture. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Be careful what you say. Because there's life, there's death in the power of the tongue. Don't let your imagination get you to speak in things that are not even facts. They're not true. Some of you are wearing yourself out because of stuff that's in your head. We're going to get to that later. Woo, not tonight, boy. That's going to be a good one. I'm going to talk about them five, six people talking to you at one time in your head. Oh, I'm going to talk about you. Come on here, somebody. So, 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 so judging every thought and imagination will help us immediately. Okay, so here's how you do it. All your thoughts and imaginations should lead you closer to God and the life the spirit, all your thoughts, all your imaginations. Because any other thought, any other imagination, according to scripture, is, is cardinal, is vain imagination. You got to pull those things down. Now, let me help you. Our flesh, this, likes carnal things. We like carnality. Our flesh, I'm the pastor, but in the flesh, I like carnal things. Hey, come on. But that's what Paul is trying to get us to understand. Let's not walk in the flesh. Let's not live after the flesh. Let's get rid of carnality. Because that's what's going to destroy us. All right? All your thoughts and imaginations should lead you closer to God. If they don't, they are vain and corrupt and should be bound. Cast down and replaced with the truth of the word of God. And to embrace them hinders your walk with God. When you embrace all those imaginations and dreams and thoughts, you are hindering your relationship with God. Come on here, somebody. Write this down. Exalted valleys. Exalted valleys. I'm watching my time. I'm watching my time. I think I might get there. Vain imaginations never lead closer to God, but always lead us further away from God. They are exalted valleys. That's what vain imaginations are. They are exalted valleys. 
Many live not according to the word of God or the ways of God. Watch this. But according to blemished imagery within their imagination. Some of y'all live according to your imagination. What might happen? <laughs> Some of y'all live according to what might happen. It ain't even happened. But you're living your life based upon what might happen. Maybe that's why Jesus said, take no thought of tomorrow, of the food you're going to eat or the raiment that you're going to wear. Because he knew that the fleshly carnal minds some of y'all, some of y'all, some of y'all living towards Christmas. Come on. You haven't even celebrated my birthday. You can't have a Christmas without celebrating my birthday. Rebecca, I've seen you pass out. <laughs> Come on. A little laughter is good medicine. Y'all show your teeth. Hallelujah. And so that's what happened, y'all. We don't live according to God's ways. We're living according to our blemish. The picture that we have in our minds. We, my God, and then some of you have gotten nerves to try to Photoshop your picture and make it look better than what it really is. It's not better. You're, you're living virtually. Come on, earth calling. Write your name down. Earth calling. Write your name down. Earth calling. Come on. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Look at this. The imagination is the area where the devil works the most in the life of the believer. That's where he works. But please remember this. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down the strongholds. Now, y'all wanted to get deep. Y'all call some everything in the world a stronghold, except for what's really a stronghold. Oh, 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 oh. Let me help y'all here. In the context of which Paul is writing this text, strongholds are those destruct destructive imaginations Created by dwelling on corrupt thoughts. <laughs> Come on, don't miss it. Stronghold, strongholds are those destructive imaginations created by dwelling on corrupt thoughts. Because did you guys not know that imaginations will talk to you? Yeah, they have a voice. And guess what? They're ready and willing to mentor you. <laughs> Vain imaginations, they can and they will glorify themselves against the knowledge of God in your life if you give them an audience. Some of you all have made it too comfortable for your imagination. Okay, don't give it an audience. They have an antichrist voice. Uh-oh. I'm going to say it again. They have an antichrist voice and challenge Christ's truth for your life. I'm going to help you here. An imagination, for example, may speak to you. And guess what it'll tell you? It'll say you're getting ready to die. <laughs> That's your imagination. Are you dead? 
No, that's your imagination. It'll tell you you're getting ready to die when Christ's word clearly declares, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. That's in Psalms 91 and 16. But in order to believe Psalm 91 and 16, you got to pull that stronghold down from the devil, making you think you're getting ready to die. I'm not going to die till it's my time to die. Okay, that's just one example of how imaginations glorify themselves against the knowledge of God. Have you ever felt defeated? Amid, in other words, in the midst of victory? Come on. Have you ever felt defeated in the midst of victory? That we mean. You got the victory, but yet you feel defeated. Okay? And imagination may also attack the word of God in your life by saying you're going to be defeated. You're going to be a defeated person all your life. The devil has already tried to tell some of y'all that. Well, it's been like this for so long, child. You just don't know how long I've been in this condition. You don't understand. I don't want to understand. I'm trying to show you how to come out of it. I don't care how long you've been in it. All right? That's a trick of the devil. <clears throat> he wants us to feel that we're going to be defeated for the rest of our life. Watch this. When the word of God says in Ephesians 1 and 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. See, the devil don't want your mind to understand that. He wants you to continue saying, woe is me. Devil told somebody during this pandemic, you get ready to go under. Devil, you a lie. I'm bringing that stronghold. Some of y'all in your mind, you can see yourself going under. The devil is a lie. I'm putting the word of God on it. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches that are in glory by Christ Jesus. Come on. God may be speaking, saying, I've called you for such a time as this. God could be telling you that I've called you for such a time like this. But watch this. Your imagination starts challenging you by telling you nobody loves you, nobody cares about you. Nobody had listened to me. Nobody called me. Nobody brought me no milk. And I've been at home for four months and ain't nobody brought me no milk. But the devil is a liar. God says, I called you for a time such as this. Milk or no milk. I've called you for such a time as this. And so all of these are just simple examples. Simple examples of the lying voice lying voice of vain thoughts that attacks our minds. And if you stop and think about it for a moment, you, you, you can probably think of many. Come on, don't worry. I'm not going to ask you to tell us. Don't worry. But I'm quite sure we can think of many imaginations that the devil sends our way. Come on, somebody. But we must learn how to get control over those thoughts and over our imaginations. Some of y'all be imagining you're going to lose your job. Come on. It's not a fact. It's not a fact until you lose your job. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Don't die before you lose the job. Some of y'all dying before you even lose it. Come on. It ain't over till God says that it's over. Come on. Somebody say that out loud. Say, it ain't over. Till God says that it's over. And I'm going to bring this mind under subjection. Devil, you will lie. 
You're not going to torment this mind. Come on, your mind don't need to be tormented. Some of 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 y'all thinking you're getting ready to go crazy. That's your mind. Rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. Hey, my mind, my mind. Remember that Mason used to sing that? I done lost my mind. In other words, he was saying that I lost my mind hey, to the old things, to the old tricks of the devil, to the devil trying to fool with my mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Have victory over your mind. All because you lost your keys don't mean you get ready to go crazy. Child, I done forgot that telephone number. I'm losing it. Stop confessing that. There's power in what you say. How you doing, my brother? Some of y'all been saying, I don't feel good for so long until even when you feel good, the only thing that come out of your mouth is, I don't feel too well. It's a little hot outside. It's hot for everybody. Thank God for the heat. They say, as a rule, man's a fool. When it's hot, he wants it cold. And when it's cold, he wants it hot. Never happy, never satisfied. Get control. Let's get control. Let's get control of our minds. And let's tell the devil, devil, you are a liar. I'm standing on the word of God. I'm pulling down every stronghold, every destructive imagination. Come on, that's been created and that's been dwelling in my thoughts and in my mind. I'm pulling it down by the power of the Holy Ghost. I am not defeated. I am victorious. I have the victory. Devil, you a lie. You want me to shoot that person in my mind, but I ain't going to shoot that person. I'm pulling that stronghold down. And I will quote scripture. Come on here, somebody. See, you got to know scripture to, to, in order to quote it. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. Okay, we sing the song, hold your peace. Let the Lord fight your battles. That's how I'm going to have victory. That's how I'm going to have victory. Okay, because you got to get control over your mind. Well, I'm going to quit tonight. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. Uh, I could teach all night. Maybe one night we're going to have a 24-hour shut-in on Zoom. And we're going to just teach and sing. See how many folk will stay up with me. You, Mother Sanders, I see you. <laughs> Mother Sanders look like you're going to be on there by yourself. Come on here, somebody. I'm going to do that real soon. I'm going to have a 24-hour teaching. Do like Paul did. He taught all night long. You, you know the story in the book of Acts? He taught all night long. And the man fell out the window, fell to sleep, and fell out the window. And, and, and here's, here's the part about that. When they found out he fell out the window, they end up getting Paul, who was teaching, and asked him to pray for him, but yet he fell to sleep on him. See how you saints do? Ain't nothing changed. The same person they fell to sleep on was the same person they wanted to go try to heal him. All right, next week. Oh, you think this was good tonight? It's going to get real good next week. You need to invite everybody you know in your contacts. Come on. 
Because it, it don't do no good for you to be free and they not free. Come on, somebody. You hear what we're going to talk about next week? Yeah, we're going to talk about this next week. Write it down. We're going to talk about imaginary conversations. That's those conversations you're having in your head. Four or five people talking to you at one time. Oh, I'm going to talk about that next week. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about pulling down pictures. Uh-oh. Some of y'all got some pictures still in your mind. And when you have pictures in your mind, come on. You, you, your mind is like a computer. Then you pull those pictures up. Hello? Because they're still in your mind. Woo, child, I ran into my third grade boyfriend. You, you 70 years old now. I ran into my third grade boyfriend, and we're going to hook up. Pictures in your mind. Pull those pictures down. Hello, here's somebody. We're going to talk about living with thieves. We're going to talk about, they're supposed to say, take out the trash or out with the trash. No, I put it right. Out with the trash. We're going to throw the trash out. Some of y'all miss ed code. You miss waste management. You thought they was coming on Wednesday, but they come on Tuesday. You've been messed up for a long time, but I'm going to give you the right date so we can set the trash out. Then we're going to conclude, watch this, the first lesson. This is just the first lesson. We're going to conclude the first lesson with action exercise. Now that's going to be something, an exercise I'm going to give you do on your own. All right? And that's next week. We're going to deal with this. We're going to get control over our minds, our thoughts. Okay? Because that's where the, the, it's, it's the soul. We want it to be well with our soul. In order for it to be well with our soul, watch this. All because you got saved don't mean it's well with your soul. See, some of y'all didn't know that. See, some of y'all didn't know that. My soul loves Jesus. Okay. I'm not saying your soul don't love him. What I'm saying is that your soul is your will, it's your emotions. It's, it's, it's God want to do a complete work in us so that when we say it's well with our soul, that means all of us is complete. 